Thought maybe you boys might be interested in putting on a big-time wrestling bout. You know, make a nice hunk of dough for yourself. It's time to Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. Morgan, you're out of here. You don't have the right temperament for the trade. You're a dead man. What am I supposed to do? There's always barber college. Frankie, I know you're a great wrestler, but my brother, who ain't as handsome as you, is as strong as Charles Atlas. Yeah, but I've wrestled women that are bigger than him. Sure, you got fat, sloppy women. Hello and welcome to Camel Clutch Cinema, the podcast where we talk about movies that star wrestlers or have wrestling in them. I'm Guy Hutchinson. And I'm Craig Cohen. On this episode, we are talking about The Marine 3, Homefront. And before we get started, uh, this discussion will be chock full of spoilers, even though we have yet to watch the movie. That's right. We haven't seen this yet. Uh, Very excited to see this. I want to ask you, would you have watched this movie... At this point, you know, this movie only came out last week. Would you be watching it now if you weren't recording this podcast? I do not think I'd be watching it now. I'd say there's a good chance that within six months I would have watched it, but I don't think I would have watched it within the first two weeks. See, I think I would have watched it already, Mm because last week we had on Daniel Kunka to talk Mm -hmm. about the movie 12 12 Rounds, rounds. and that's why I didn't see it last week, Mm because I got the DVD the day it came out, Mm -hmm. but I waited, I wanted to watch it with you so we could talk about it together, and I figured I didn't want to have seen it twice, you know, I've seen it going into it. But I, I think I would have seen this the day it came out, however... When the Marine 2 came out, I did see that, but I waited till the first day I could get it on pay-per-view mm-hmm. conveniently that it was, you know, I mean, I I didn't get it, you know, right away. It was just one of those things where it was very convenient to watch it that day, so I did. So, I don't know, it's a tough call, but I really like The Miz, and I think he'd be good in this. But have you noticed when they show the promos for this on Raw, there's no dialogue? Yeah. It's him <laughs> shooting people and punching people. Yes. And I don't know what that means. I would think he should be able to deliver a line or two, but... Yeah, you'd almost think that the marketing direction they went in is that, hey, this is just going to be an action-packed movie. I guess, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see if he can act or not. Uh, I got the description here, but I, it, it looks like it's going to give away a lot of stuff. But let me read it here. WWE superstar Mike The Miz Mizanin delivers a knockout performance in the most explosive action-packed marine adventure yet. After returning to his hometown on leave, Sergeant Jake Carter learns that his sister has been abducted by a band of violent extremists. To save her, Carter launches into a daring one-man assault on their base of operations, only to discover the group's ruthless leader is plotting a deadly terrorist strike. With time running out, Carter realizes he's the only man who can stop the impending massacre. But this army hero may have to make the ultimate sacrifice to save thousands of innocent lives. So, so the ultimate sacrifice. That's, is it the same sacrifice those pilots that uh, warriors pilots <laughs> will make the ultimate sacrifice. The strangest promo ever. Ultimate Warrior. I think that was for the, his match with Hulk Hogan, right? Yeah, it was yeah. one of the WrestleManias, right? Uh, yeah, WrestleMania. No, no it that been was Savage. Eight. It would have been eight, I believe, yeah. When, when for they, some reason, I was thinking Atlantic City, but that no, might have no, been a no. crazy Hogan promo where he talked about yeah, no, doing that, a leg drop. That, he did. That was where he, he was going to do a leg drop that would separate Atlantic City from the continental United States, and, and then he would float out, and everybody would grab onto his back, and he'd swim to shore with 
with them on there, and Donald Trump would have to decide to give up all of his money to come with Hulk Hogan. Ugh. I got the so I got the uh, the DVD Blu-ray combo. Um, I I think there was also a um, a DVD only you could buy. I didn't see it at the store where mm-hmm. I was at, but the Blu-ray had some bonus features that I'm curious. I, you never know if these are going to be any good, but yeah. it says shipwrecked breaking down the boat. The Miz backs uh, or the Miz rocks the boat. The Miz declassified casting call ready to enlist. That I'm excited about and Miz journal. Um, casting call. I'm looking forward to looking at this. They did a uh, an open casting for a I think like a three line you know part at uh, at WWE Access last year in Miami for WrestleMania, and we've watched some of the clips of the people that did this. I tried out for this. I went up and you know I read my lines, and they gave you a prop, and they told you to stand on an X, and I I yelled, and I was like, "You come over here, you're off this assignment or something." But uh, they didn't choose me. They chose they chose some other dude. But we'll have to look for him. I, I don't remember the lines exactly, yeah. but we'll have to see if we can pick him out because that would be a whole lot of fun. I know when they did choose him, there was a video that was on WWE.com of The Miz calling him. Oh, wow, I missed that. Yeah, he called him like over Skype, it looked like, because mm-hmm. the guy could see him, and he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, so that looks like fun. I'm excited to see this. I really liked the first one. I didn't like the second Marine very much. I didn't think it was terrible, but I I thought that it, it took too long and it didn't feel like the first one at all. Obviously, this probably won't feel like it either. It's a different character, but yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing this. Yeah, 2 I actually I never saw. I do know that 2 was based on a true story, which I always thought was interesting, or a yeah. true event. Um, and also, earlier today, I was thinking, and I was saying, Marine 3 Homefront, I thought this was number four, because I was trying to figure out what that Kennedy movie was, and I finally figured out ah, that it was behind Enemy Lines, right. Columbia. Yeah. I thought it was the Marine Columbia. No, yes. <laughs> I mean, it might as well have been, yeah. yeah. Uh, Randy Orton was supposed to be in this movie. Yes. This was a, an incredible story, because when, when I did the little fake audition thing, it said Randy Orton in the Marine. Mm-hmm. And then like a day later, I heard he wasn't going to be doing it. So I was like, well, they're not even going to make this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was a member of the Marine Corps. And then he went AWOL. For three months. So no one knew where Randy yeah. Orton was. This wasn't like a three-hour, one-day, two-day, right? you know, hey, I had to go take care of something. This was three months. Yeah. That's a quarter of the year. So it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, Randy Orton woke up with a bottle of gin. I was like, where have I been for two days? This was three months. And uh, he, he got a, a desertion charge, you know, for being absent without leave and charged with disobeying a superior commissioned officer. And he spent 38 days in a military prison. Yeah. So a lot of Marines said, hey, this isn't the guy who should be playing the Marine in this movie. Yeah. And Randy Orton responded on Twitter by saying, I respect our military. That's why I've gone to Iraq or Afghan three times and met thousands of soldiers. Funny, that's not mentioned. <laughs> uh, and so they they took him out of it, and then they put the Miz in there. Um, and we'll have to see. We'll have to see if when we watch this, if it feels like it should have been Randy Orton, if it feels like the part's written for a guy. If, if there's a scene where the Miz walks into a room and somebody's like, wow, those are some crazy tattoos, or if the Miz is <laughs> never wearing pants for the yeah. entire movie, maybe that'll happen. Yes. You know, because uh, maybe there's, you know, maybe he'll just keep RKOing people, you know, out mm-hmm. of nowhere, like, you know, he'll be buying a pack of cigarettes 
cigarettes and then RKO someone. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see if this really feels like a. Uh, <laughs> Randy Orton movie. One thing that I am really happy with is that WWE films or studios hasn't abandoned doing movies like this. Right. You see, uh, last week the, uh, the call Dead I Man Dan, and Dead Down, Man Down came yes. out, and the call comes out this week, right. and those are all movies that they sort of secret or quietly financed, and they have a cameo of one of their wrestlers in there. But it was so great to see that they put out a full fledged movie. That stars one of their superstars, right. and I was glad to see that this also had great first week sales. Yeah, that they're doing both. Well, yeah, that's what they told us on Raw during that horrible <laughs> sketch. Uh, Miz and and uh, Jericho both yeah. told us that this did yeah. boffo box yeah. office. The Miz even tweeted about it um, on the first day of its release. He was getting ready to go to Denver um, uh, for a live event, yeah, and he I, tweeted. Uh, Headed to Denver for the Colorado WWE live events and just found out first day sales of hashtag the Marine 3 Homefront were insane. Hashtag thank you, Misfits. So. Yeah, well, I mean, but, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if, yeah. I, if that's true or not. I mm-hmm. mean, I'll, I'll take him at his word. I bought it, so, you know, that's one. Mm-hmm. You know, I bought it first day. So um, I'm excited to see this. I want to talk about some of the people that made this. Yeah. Uh, the director is the same director from The Condemned, the Stone Cold Steve Austin movie, which was a theatrical release yeah. of a WWE 2007. film. 2007. It was one of the early... Yeah, um, yeah, way back, way back. Yeah. It might even be earlier than that. And he co-wrote this with Declan O'Brien. Yes, Who right. Who is this? Writer of Wrong Turn 4, Bloody Beginnings, and Wrong Turn 5, Bloodlines. Now, I know sometimes you get those confused, but that is the correct order. It's Bloody <laughs> Beginnings and then Bloodlines. Not to be confused with the Hellraiser called Bloodline. Right. Are you, have you seen any Wrong Turn films? No. Have you heard of Wrong Turn films? Yeah, I believe I remember seeing a trailer for the first one, However far back that was, in the early aughts, probably. I'm completely unfamiliar <laughs> with this. Um, other than The Miz, uh, who is in this film? Uh, I think the, the person most people will know is uh, Neil McDonough. Yeah. He plays the, the main villain, Jonah Pope. He was in Angels in the Outfield, Star Trek First Contact. He was in Walking Tall with The Rock. He played M. Bison in Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. That's pretty awesome. And he was also in Captain America, The First Avenger, with a great, great mustache. Okay, all right. I'll have to look for. I hope he has the. I hope he brings the mustache to this. Yeah, and then we also have some WWE Studios uh, alumni. We have Michael Eklund, who was in the Call and also the Day, which is a WWE film from last year. So these are two of the movies that have no wrestlers in them. Yeah, actually, uh, the Call actually. Oh, David Otunga, but it's released theatrically yeah. and it's not a wrestler starring in it. But the day I think had no yeah. wrestlers in it anywhere. There was none. You couldn't, as hard as you looked at the background, there was nobody. Yeah, that was one that they actually acquired at the 2011 Toronto International Film Festival. They just saw the movie. I guess somebody from the film yeah. uh, from the studio was at that film festival and said, "We'd like to buy this." They bought it. They put it out, and I guess it did okay for what it was. I, I really do want to see the call. I, I, it reminds me of Cellular, mm-hmm. which I really liked. Um, did you get to see the Halle Berry skit on Monday Night Raw? No, I missed Oh, that. you missed a great one. All right. So Haley Berry's doing her junket, right? And they've got yeah. you know, the camera on her, and the person's like, what did it feel like doing this? Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh, wait, I'm getting a call. Uh. And she answers it, and it's David Otunga. And he's like, hey, Haley Berry. She's like, hey, David Otunga. And he's like, I gave your number to a monster. And she's like, uh-oh. She hangs up the phone, and then the phone rings, and it's Kane. And he's like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> you 
you don't call me back. And she's like, well, you listed your address as the depths of hell or something. And he's like, yeah, so uh, you want to go out for dinner? <laughs> and then Halle Berry puts her arms up in the air and then brings them down and Pyro goes off around Kane. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to go back and watch that. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, really bad, but yeah, yeah. awesomely bad. That's uh, an Oscar-winning actress right. bringing uh, down the flame from hell. <laughs> and she does it like she has no idea why they just asked her to do this, but she's going to wave her hands down. And, you know, she's like, and, and his name is Kane, so she writes down on her paper C-A-N-E and just goes ahead and does the dialogue. Um, who else is in this? Would we know any of these other people? I see Ashley Bell. Do we know who this is? She was in The Last Exorcism 1 and 2, which okay, I've never seen have, either one of those. Wait, The Last Exorcism? You cannot have a second Last Exorcism. You know what? I think as soon as they make the never-ending story two, <laughs> all bets are off. And three. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Uh, so she was in the, the last Exorcism movies, and she's also in the day. So it looks like WWE Studios seems to be using a lot of the same talent for their movies. They're sort of creating a, a, a talent pool to work from. All right. um, and, and those are the only real notable people in, in, in the movies. Maybe we'll recognize some people as we watch it, but just based on uh, what I saw on IMDb, that's, uh, that's who we got. All right, now I have read this. Uh, this is rated R for violence and language. Ooh. And I've also read, and I'm looking for the, the running time on here. I've heard it's about 80, 83 minutes or mm-hmm. something. According to the, the DVD Blu-ray case, it says 90 minutes, which sounds too perfect. Yeah. That sounds like an estimate. Yeah. But we're going to go watch it, and we'll let you know what we think about it when we come back. Awesome. And we have just seen the Marine 3 Home front. Yeah, it was a movie. I'll tell you, I, I I talked to you about this a couple times during it. It was written for Randy Orton. Yeah. This was Randy Orton's movie with the Miz in it. They didn't redo any of the dialogue to fit the Miz. It really felt like all the dialogue you could picture Randy Orton just stoically saying, "Is that what you're going to do?" Yeah. You know, it, it everything about the character that the Miz plays. Is he's Randy Orton? He's a serious kind of yeah. monotone, you know, uh, all business. Yeah. You know. And it also actually seemed like the character was Randy Orton. It wasn't like they had written a character yes. for Randy Orton. They were just like, let's just right. make like, yeah, you know, like this is Randy Orton. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's not like seen in the Marine where he is his persona was different than his ring persona, right? You know, here, you know, there were things that happened. You're like, well, that's something Randy Orton would do. Yeah, it really, <laughs> really felt that way. Also, you know, The Miz is smirking through, you know, a lot of dialogue, but he didn't get the dialogue that would have fit his smirk, yeah. you know? I really felt that that Miz could have been so much better utilized if he was, you know, a little bit funny here and there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does it. There, there are no jokes in yeah. this movie. Um, the the first Marine, you you can't forget stuff like Rock Candy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and even even some of the the dialogue that's not uh, intended as necessarily you know a hysterical joke, but stuff like you know the uh, them getting the minivan, you know. <laughs> yes. Things like that that are you know the the uh, um, 
John Triton takes the police car that's actually, you know, like a really fast sports car yeah. that says paid for by your local drug dealer <laughs> yeah, yeah. or something. You know, there's... It had there's, a streak of humor through it. Yes. This movie, I didn't see that at all. I didn't yeah. see any humor in this film. Can you remember even a single joke in this movie? Only when, like, Miz was ribbing his friend, but... That was more just like, oh, he said that, as opposed to, oh, that's really, really funny. Right, right. You know what I mean? There, there were moments, you know, but that was more just, how do you introduce two people that haven't seen each other in a while? You can either have them just hug immediately, or just have them do this, oh, you know, you got a lot of nerve coming back here or whatever. Right. So Miz starts out, he has this voiceover, which is very dry, very Randy Orton. Uh, and and It's filler, basically. It is, because they're really, they're showing us a bunch of, you know, B-roll, and they're getting out a lot of nothing. I yeah, mean, we learned that he was 19 in 2002. Which is, which is not true. <laughs> Miz was born in 1980. Yeah. Uh, so, but that, he was close. Yeah. 20, he would have been 24, so that is a, is a jump from, from, uh, from 19. But, you know, still... Um, yeah, they get a lot of exposition out there. We learn right. that he joined the Marines, his parents died, it's just him and his sisters now. Yes. And then we get probably six minutes of Marine footage of just Marines doing stuff, jumping out of planes, yes. blowing stuff up, shooting guns. And this is to fill a movie that, that does, the credits are still rolling in front of us now. It it looks like it runs 90 minutes, yeah. but the credits started at 82 minutes. Yeah. You know, that was when, and they even have lo- credits where they show us footage from earlier <laughs> yeah. in the movie. Um, the So early in the film, we, we see that he's got the sister and he's got the younger sister. Yes. Now, you had mentioned that the audition stuff said it was his niece. Yes. And I'm thinking that that was probably, uh, they probably cast this movie for Randy Orton. And then when they brought the Miz on, they didn't recast. They, they said, you know what, these two pe- girls could be his sisters. Yeah. Um, but this girl's too young to be his, too old to be his niece, right? Yeah. Randy Orton looks much older and is much older than the Miz, but certainly has a more, a, a more grown up look to him. You mm-hmm. know, looks like he could be a much older guy and so that's my guess as to what happened there where they just you know you you two you were now you were her daughter in the first draft now you're her you're her sister just you're a very young sister now rather than 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 a daughter yeah and that scene that uh, the audition scene it doesn't seem like that scene made it into this movie we saw the scene right. where it, it, it probably was but the dialogue was completely different. Well, I I don't... I, my guess was, even at the time, was that the part that they were going to give to the person may have a line, but it's not... You're not going to be this detective yeah, hunting they, down the mist. You know, if they get somebody that they're really impressed with, they might... But odds are... One of the guys staring at a computer screen in the FBI, you know, uh, area was probably that guy if he if he ended up in this at all. Oh, look at that! Twentieth Century Fox is somehow involved. Uh, yeah, they did up their logo the, at the beginning. Yeah, I guess yeah. Since, the, since they still probably own the Marine. I like this. It says WWE, the WWE logo, and the Miz are trademarks <laughs> of World Wrestling Entertainment. So. Um, 
so we get started. He comes home. He has a little barbecue. There was a little confusion because you had his pal. Yeah, and the co- it's know- a cop that picks him up uh, when he gets off the bus, and that's where you get the little back and forth, like, you, you got a lot of nerve showing your face here or whatever. <laughs> yes, I thought it I thought it was going to be the Rambo story. Yeah, it, I it, thought the movie was going to be all, I'll take you to the city limits, <laughs> but you got a lot of nerve showing yeah. up with an American flag on your shoulder there, son. Yeah. Um, so then he does go home to uh, to a barbecue that's already in progress, and they got a lot of stuff. They got burgers and yeah, dogs and ribs up, and pies. Um, they got they got so much pie that later we see an untouched pie yeah. sitting there on the counter, and it almost looked like the same pie. Yeah, like they were like, "Hey, we, we got the prop pie. Bring it inside." Uh, <laughs> so so and he, and he he instantly gets a Miller genuine draft. Yes, he does, which is a carryover from the first movie. That's right. Which is odd. Um, we also see that his relationship with the two girls is that he's the grumpy brother. He's a grump. He tells them that, you know, he doesn't like what they're doing. Yeah. He's he's Randy Orton again. I mean, yeah. it just, it didn't feel, it didn't feel like the right vibe from, from the Miz. Uh, yeah, he was playing the concerned older brother. You right. know, you, you, you should be outgrowing this, you know, this lifestyle of going out and partying and having a good time. You should be going to college. Yeah. The other sister is divorced. Um, yeah, which works for Randy Orton. I just find Miz should have been the party animal oh, yeah. that almost got uh-huh. kicked out of the Marines because he was just too crazy. And it should have constantly been like, well, you, you, you really turned around since you were a Marine. I remember when you put, you know, Principal Winkerbean's <laughs> pants up the flagpole. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like it would have been that hard of an adjustment to make. You spend a weekend... Um, you send the writers to a hotel room. Yes. You, you know, you say, have lunch with The Miz one day and, you know, watch some of The Miz TV segments. Sure. And, you know, just alter the script a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, know, it, 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 does, it doesn't seem like it would have been a lot. It's a lot of work. It seems like anything, you know, a, a competent writer would have been able to do. So we set up, uh, we set up the cast. We get to, we get to meet uh, the bad guy when they come in and they rob this uh, uh, bank. A, a and bank there's yeah. this bank guy who's got way more lines than he should. We yeah. get to hear his whole backstory. Uh, Neil McDonough. Yeah, I've seen this guy uh, in so many things. Yeah, we had talked about his mustache in Captain America. Yes, which I oh. don't remember him mm. from that. Although I, I love that movie, mm. I just don't it's, remember. It's probably because of the mustache. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I looked him up, and it was one of those where I was like, I wonder what I remember him from. And as I looked at his credits, I was like, Oh yeah, I remember mm. him from that. Mm. Well, maybe it's that. Oh, it could be that. I mean, this mm. guy has like ninety some yeah. credits, and he's not that old of a guy. So I mean, this is a guy who's constantly working. I think he's really, really good. Good in this. Yeah, yeah. No, he's 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 a he's a good, he's a good actor, and he actually was on the TV show Justified. That's on FX. He was the main villain of that of last season. I see. Um, so he's 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 been around, like you said. He's got ninety some odd credits. Now, I did not like the robbery scene anywhere near mm-hmm. as much as the one in the Marine. In the Marine, we get Robert Patrick going in to steal diamonds, and there's, you know, the, you got to hit me, you got to hit me to make it look real. That's why I thought that the bank robbery was an inside job, because in the first Marine, it was an inside yes. job, so I was expecting it here. In this one, it doesn't turn out to be an inside job, but there's really not much more than... We're going to walk in with funny masks on and guns. Right. But we do learn the motive of Pope, our, our villain here. Yeah. He His doesn't motive, want the money. Yes. He, he sets it on fire. Yes. Just like Heath Ledger at the end of the <laughs> Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Yeah. 
he gives he a is, whole speech about foreclosing on homes and um, how corporate greed has trickled down and poisoned this country. That's right. So he doesn't like corporate greed. He's a member of the Occupy <laughs> Wall Street movement. I really totally see Linda's campaign you know, trickled into this a little bit. They're, they're like, he's like, Vince is like, you think maybe we could stick it to those Occupy Wall Street guys? <laughs> <laughs> so this is our villain, and that's his motive. And there's a scene where he meets up with a guy, and there's something that goes wrong, and the guy gets shot, and meanwhile, Miz's sister and her ne'er-do-well boyfriend witness this yeah. and get pulled onto a ferry where this guy is running all of his bad, illegal stuff. Yeah, and, and he's got a, a, a plot of some kind yes. um, that takes really almost the whole movie to sort of explain. Yeah. And it's not ever fully explained. Right. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go through what we find out. Throughout the movie, we find out he wants to do something for He's going to blow something up. He's going to blow something up. He's going to he's going to punish the corporations. And then he, he Oh later, yeah, we learn that we learn that um, his his father put his house up mm-hmm. uh, against his college education. They lost the house, then his Sister got ovarian cancer, and the insurance company dropped her when she reached age three. Right, right. Um, so we learn all his backstory, and it doesn't really make him any more sympathetic. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> He's such a cold character, yeah. you know. Um, even in there's a scene early on where where after they kidnap the Mrs. Sister, where he's kind of nice to her, and he's a little crazy, but he's yeah. kind of nice to her. And we still, you still don't like him. You see, he still comes off as just mm-hmm. you know heartless. Um, he he explains this plan has something to do with blowing up a building, and she's like, "You're going to blow up a building." Then he says, "Well, if you blow up one CEO, it makes the local news. Yeah. Three, it it makes you know bigger news, and, and then 20. if you get twelve, but first he's like twelve, you get a week, yeah. but twenty, twenty, you've got big news." <laughs> And so we couldn't determine. We were trying to decide whether he blows up. Do you think it's 20 buildings or do you think it's one building? Yeah. And then we'll get to the end of the movie. You're not really sure what, how he was going to blow anything up. Yeah, because (laughs) it's compromised. But I was thinking my idea on how he'd get 20 CEOs in one place because, you know, one company is only going to have one CEO. Yeah. So, you know, perhaps it could be a building with a different company on each floor, mm-hmm. but I thought maybe he'd go to like a local bar and he'd put up a sign that says CEOs drink free on Thursday. And then on Thursday, when all the CEOs come in to get their free drinks, ba-boom. Yeah, because one thing that we've learned is regardless of how much money you have, <laughs> you cannot turn down something that's free, even if it's a watered down Vodka tonic. Three drinks tonight. Well, I could go for a black and tan. I want a martini. Well, I, I could very much go for a gin and tonic today. Why not? I'm going to be outrageous and have a sex on the beach. <laughs> I'd like a sex with the bartender. <laughs> the bartender's like, excuse... Oh, right. Yeah, that's a drink, yes. So... So he's got this plan. It, it, in the end, doesn't get realized. But he's on this boat, and this was 
part of the, the credibility stretching of this movie is that he's on this boat. FBI is there. This is a lot different than the first Marine yeah. where they're holed up. And the only guy coming in after them is, is, the is the Marine. In this one, the FBI is there and the Marines mostly held back from yeah. going in. Yeah. It was actually the first confusing part of the movie for me was um, the Miz gets a call from his one sister that the other sister has been uh, kidnapped. He rushes to the scene of the kidnapping with a shotgun. He runs into uh, two, two, two guys that are disposing of the body that was killed earlier. He kills them. They calls the sheriff. And then all of a sudden, they're at the FBI makeshift yeah, headquarters. Yeah. And it almost felt like they had skipped a scene. Yeah. So the FBI decides to storm the place. Yeah. This is this is another thing. The, the FBI's plans are really poor throughout mm-hmm. this movie, but they go to storm the place and knowing that there's two hostages on board. Yeah. And and there, there's guys, you know, with guns everywhere standing, you know, mm-hmm. walking, you know, guard on this old ferry that can't move. Yeah. I mean, it's a bad yeah. plan for the bad guy too. Yeah. But they uh, they go forward, and then we get some of the craziest camera work I have ever seen in a motion picture. Yeah, it almost seemed like they were going for a, a, a first-person video game type right. experience. Uh, but for the most part, you see it with people getting shot from there, and then from their perspective, you see them sort of fall down. Right, and they flip over, <laughs> yeah. and the camera flips over. The camera flips over, so we see their perspective, you know, mm-hmm. spinning around. Very weird, and they do it multiple times, and it's one of those where the first time you're like, whoa, that was kind of weird, yeah. and then after like the fourth time, you're like, okay, this is silly. Yeah, it almost seems like it was a rut they got in on that day of shooting, uh, because the rest of the movie, it, it, it yeah, seemed like it was filmed. yeah, like a normal movie. Right. <laughs> so, there's a lot of back and forth about whether he can go onto the boat. And then his friend, who looks so much like Dolph Ziggler yeah. when he was Nicky, a member of yeah. the Spirit Squad. He's got dark yeah, hair. Yeah, or even the- when he had dark hair for that two-week oh, period last God, year. remember that? <laughs> Where they were like, hey, let's make dogs, Dolph, Dolph Ziggler more generic. And make him have Dolph dark hair. And they, he came out, he looked just like Randy Orton. Yeah, then somebody was like... Of course that was a terrible idea. Yes, and he started growing his hair back like the next week. Oh, my God, that's so funny. I forgot about that. Pretty weird. But this guy did look a Mm -hmm. lot like Dolph Ziggler to the point that I kept thinking, is it just because it's the Miz talking to him? And then I just really stared at his face. I was like, no, this guy has a a pretty good Ziggler thing going on. So, So he gives... Miz a gun and tells Miz, you know, you, you go on and be safe and, yeah. you know, go get her out of there because the FBI is a bunch of numbskulls. Yeah. At this point, uh, there is an, a guy on the inside. Yeah, is, they learn that they're... One of the goons. Yeah. And there is there is some crazy looking bad guys in this. There's... Uh, it's definitely a goon squad. It's... <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. And they're ugly. I mean, these are really, this is like people of Walmart ugly kind of guys in this. Yeah, none of them have shaved, none of them have showered. They all seem to have grease and grime and dirt on their faces and on their bodies. I mean, it looks like there was a casting call for hobos or something. (laughs) And they were like, well, you could be be thugs instead. But I'm wondering where Pope got these guys. You know, it almost seems like if there's different levels of goon academies, he got, like, the one that you see the late-night infomercial for, 
You know, not the top you tier too. one. Yeah, the one yeah. where they put it on late at night because they know you're out of work because yeah. you're staying up all night smoking weed. And they're like, you too can clean up your act and be a goon. Yeah, this wasn't like the, the corporate level goon. <laughs> Hi, I'm, <laughs> I'm Frank Jonas. I used to be nobody. Today I'm a goon making 25 k a year. <laughs> if you're lucky, you'll be able to... Uh, Feel up uh, hostages. Yeah, how about this? There's this is such a a generic yeah. you know uh, movie cliche type thing. So she, the the sister's you know very attractive mm-hmm. young uh, lady, and she's held hostage. They've got her chained to a chair, and the guy comes over and he's like, "Hey, it's rubbing her knee and everything." And then the the guy who's who's actually working for the FBI, yeah, the undercover guy, yeah. He comes over and takes that guy out. Yeah. But and, then, and, and, well, the weirdest thing is, it seems like regardless of whether he was an FBI agent or not, the other guy was going to shoot him. Because he's got the gun on, the, on, the, on the, the would-be rapist. Right. And he looks down at his gun like, I'll shoot you and I'll rape this girl. Right. And he, at no point did he know that guy was an FBI agent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah, almost exactly. seemed like... That level of thuggery, right. there was these no are, loyalty. There these was, are bad thugs to get. You, yeah. need, you need thugs that have a lot more... That are on the same page. <laughs> so he, he then says to her in his loudest voice, <laughs> I'm an undercover FBI agent. Now, luckily, no one's listening because according to this movie, this fairy yeah. is so big that at points there's gunfire yeah. and other people don't hear it on the other side of the ferry. Yeah, I mean, there was a point where I turned to you and almost, um, it's embarrassing to admit this, but I asked, were there multiple yeah. ferries? It's just like a bunch of ferries <laughs> in the dock that are yeah. all abandoned, and now, you know, he's going from ferry to ferry? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that would make some more sense, but it does appear this is one, you know, uh, ramshackle ferry that yet still is fully stocked. <laughs> so it's falling apart, but all the stuff is still there. We see life preservers in the background, mm-hmm. paintings on the wall, yeah. but it's all dirty and old. Food service carts. That's right. So Miz eventually gets onto the ferry. Yeah, he does something that the SWAT team couldn't. Right. That's right. Just like they said on the back of the box, they yeah. knew. Uh, yeah. And he gets onto the he gets onto the boat and he's taking guys out. Oh, he we get stabs great, a yeah. guy with a long metal yeah. pole right through the chest. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that was great. And you get like sort of a great overhead shot that ends with a faraway shot of him impaling him. You get some some good hand to hand stuff here. Um, it was definitely the most exciting part of the movie. Yes, because I will say this movie felt like it was running slower than it should. It yeah. felt like somebody had slowed it down. Everybody talks slow. Everybody walks slow. Yeah. Things happen slowly. I, I think mean, I I think I noted it at thirty at the thirty minute mark we had the kidnapping. Right. So there's thirty minutes before well, I mean we get the bank robbery, but it's thirty minutes before the Miz is really Integral to yes. the movie. <laughs> yes. I mean, he gets into a fight, which is totally unnecessary. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, stuff that just, you know, is there just so that they can kill some time until yeah. they get to this big ending. Um, and, and and at this point, the, the bad guy, they demand uh, a state trooper right. because um, they're going to transport the hostage. Yes. So they, the, the the state trooper gets there and they've got a, a duplicate uniform and and you called this right away okay. that they were gonna they were gonna pose as a state trooper and yes. they take the state trooper out and at that point they leave the ferry. 
Yeah, but you know what? Before we get to that, I think it's important to mention just because it's it's a movie cliche that they definitely play into the boyfriend that Miz doesn't like. Yeah, ends up you know he he's he's you know he gets an opportunity to get a gun yeah. and he gets an opportunity later to save the Miz. Yeah, you know, the Miz the tells Miz him to leave and he says I'm not leaving. Yeah, you know, so he, he shows some some gumption. Yeah, so we get off the boat. And we get into the, to the car, and they've got the uh, he's got this device, yeah. and he's like, "Well, I guess I won't be able to." Yeah, they do get my boxed plan. in. Yeah, again, the FBI is like, you know what? It it works so well on the boat. We're gonna box these guys in and have another shootout with a hostage. <laughs> so he's like. I'm going to just detonate it. And he squeezes the trigger. And it's like, da-dum. And then he goes, explosion. Yeah, and then he goes, tink, tink, tink. Countdown tink. for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And that's the point where I was trying to figure out. So we eventually learned that the police car itself, the state trooper's car itself, is rigged to explode. Right. So at this point, I'm desperately trying to figure out what he was going to do with that car. Was he going to drive it into... Drive it into a building yeah. that had CEOs on every floor. That's the only thing I can think yeah, of. It's... Although I can't imagine that those CEOs are the types he's talking about. Yeah. If you're the CEO of some small copy firm, yeah. you're not really... You know, I mean, he's looking for, you know, the CEO of General Motors. Yeah. You know, which, by the way, I don't think that's local news. I don't think... He's like, you killed three or four CEOs. Yeah, that's no. local news. I sounds like that would be national news. No, I'd maybe, say any CEO. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, come on. If, uh, if, 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 uh, if, if Paul Levesque <laughs> was taken out in this. By the way, I noticed you pointed out there's a Helmsley Street yes. that they mentioned at one point. They say it out loud. They're like, then you go to Helmsley. Yeah. Now, I don't know if in what part of Washington there is. There can't be a Helmsley Street. That had to be a sort uh, of... If, if that isn't a gag, there's yeah. there's no way that that was in there without that being a gag. It would have Well, been... do you think it's a rib or a work? <laughs> I, the, the best thing was, though, if they were like, and that meets up with Callaway, and then that goes <laughs> yeah. over to Mazanin, yeah. and then there's Orton Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> so we get that kill with the with the with the spear to the chest from yeah. the Miz. We get the big fight, which they showed a lot on Raw, which is and he uses the, a um, a one of those huge wrenches. Yes, and he he, he knocks the guy out with it, but then he proceeds to. Make it premeditated murder. <laughs> he gives the guy two or three, maybe four shots to, to the, the head. head. That's right. He takes care of it. Well, I just kept thinking of Ludwrench Perkins. Yes. From, uh, it was about from the, the size of the, the, the wrench that Ludwrench was. Yeah, it, and that is a, a graphic you know, uh, shot where he hits that guy in the head. It's one of those where you kind of flinch and go, oh, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a real good kill. I like that part a lot. Yeah. So we start uh, we start roaring towards the yeah, end. I mean, Miz this gets on a motorbike. Right. Uh, okay. So yeah. So so we're in the uh, they're boxed in. Uh, Miz is there. Miz sees the controller. The guy says, "How much time do we have?" And he's like, and she's like, "Yeah, they were going to blow yeah. it up. They told me their whole plan because yeah. they were boneheads." And the shootout, by the way, where the FBI had them boxed in, right? And they were not able to take out two targets no. that weren't at that point. They weren't even using the hostages cover. That's right. Miz and uh, has to go over there and you know take the shot. You know the FBI. Yeah. Well, well, the one the low his his cop Ziegler friend yes. says. Uh, 
you know, let her go. And the, the, the bad guy says, uh, you won't take, take that, that shot. shot right. And then Miz says, I can. Right. And at that point, the bad guy throws the, uh, the hostage, Miz's sister, yeah. to the side. Yeah, so and it becomes like an Old West shootout. Yes. You know, where we're going to draw. You're right. And Miz doesn't even have a gun out at this point. No. The guy <laughs> could have taken him out. And the Miz outdraws him. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's the Miz and he's awesome. So he <laughs> shoots him. The guy sort of brings his arm up like he's going to take another shot, and then we get the everybody unloads on the main That's bad right, guy. Yes. Uh, and he falls down and then flips over as if he was getting ready for Hogan to do a leg drop to him. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can't be on my stomach. I have yeah, to flip he, over. Yeah, he showed incredible ring presence. That's right. He's like, i got to make sure I'm on the hard camera. Well, you, gotta- well you know what it was? This was a Randy Orton movie, so he was probably <laughs> right. really worried of ruining the spot. Because you know how angry Randy gets when a spot gets gets ruined, even if it's Randy's fault. I'm telling you, if Randy was in this, he would have RKO'd him after he shot him. So he would have shot him, and he would have bounced yes. him, and he would have RKO'd him. Sort of like that time, The one of my favorite RKO memories isn't the RKO, but it was the Stone Cold Stunner. But right. where The Rock yeah. one time bounced up for bounced Stone Cold. Into it. And into it, it's... Well, guys have done that, though. I mean, you have to. Yeah. You've got, there's always, and Sheamus is even more guilty of this in the way his matches are set up, where, you know, he does that, you know, the Irish cross, Celtic cross, yeah. whatever they're calling it, and then the, he waits for the guy to get up yeah. so he can kick him to the head. And really, it should be the other order. You know, it seems like it. But so the guy has to do the thing where he gets hit with a move that should take him out for 30 seconds to a minute, but he's got to pop yeah. up and stare blankly and be like, oh, <laughs> Oh, I'm so stunned. You can now kick me in the head as hard as you can. Uh, so, so the bad guys take it out. Pope yeah. is dead. Uh, yeah, I think he's the best performer in the movie. Oh yeah. Um, but there's not much time left in the movie, so it's it's just as well that we lose him at this point. Mm-hmm. And then the Miz has to save the day. Yeah. So they get to the car. They ask how much time's left, and Miz says, "Not enough." Not enough. And there's a minute twenty-five. Yeah. Now this is where I'm thinking it's Miz is, is going to have to drive it into a lake. Yeah. Or he's going to have to pull a Batman and be like flying over uh-huh. the ocean. Yeah. And people are going to you know think that he's dead, but then he'll come up out of the water. Mm-hmm. But instead, he just kind of drives the the car through traffic and then crashes it in a nearby parking yeah, lot. Yeah, he rolls it pretty nice. It's a pretty yeah. nice roll. And then he just gets out, and it explodes behind him. I mean, it's a pretty impressive explosion yeah yeah but it's a, no it's a multi-layered explosion there's like oh, a yeah. couple of you know it, it doesn't seem that great at first and then it, it has like two other levels to it but at no point do we feel that there's a chance that Miz's character would die in this and i mean i was not you know sure that he'd make it to the end of the movie i mean it's possible yeah. his character could die at the end of this but there's no point in this scene that you would ever doubt that he was going to survive that, yeah right? it almost seemed like the editing presented it as a formality as opposed to yeah. making it suspenseful. Right. I don't even remember seeing a countdown until it got to like right, four yeah, seconds. Yeah, you think yeah. that they would have been cutting to that yeah, every... Yeah, to get you nervous yeah. on the edge of your seat. Um, I, I was wondering during this why... And maybe they have, and I haven't, and I, I'm not thinking of it, but I don't think WWE Films has ever cast one of their guys as the main bad guy in a movie. No. And I was thinking how good Miz would be 
as the villain in a movie like yeah. this. Yeah. How you know, or or think twelve rounds. How good Miz would have been as the villain in that piece. Yeah. You know? Although the villain in that. Oh, he was really fantastic. Did. He was fantastic, and he, he he held the movie. I'm just pointing yeah. out that I think that in a movie like that, that you know, that would be a really good place for a wrestler who can you know do a heel yeah. performance yeah. very well. That I'm surprised they haven't tried. Yeah, that. the only time that they even sort of hinted at it is when they made a horror movie, but that's a completely different. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely is. Yeah, I mean, sure, Kane is obviously not the good guy in that film. Yeah. <laughs> as Jacob Goodnight. Um, so it ends. There's a long ending where we get to see everybody hug in and slow look motion, at each other. Without, without dialogue. With They're saying stuff, but you don't, you don't hear it. <laughs> Miz is giving the looks. It was almost like the end of a sitcom. Yeah. Several times with the yeah. looks that Miz was giving. Yeah, he's like I remember smiling. at one point I said, oh, you. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's that kind of, like, that kind of look. <laughs> look at you. What happened? <laughs> you don't want to know. Yeah. Are you all right? I'm fine, <laughs> but I'll feel it tomorrow. <laughs> it really, I felt a lot of that in that scene. And that's at the one hour, 22 minute mark. So... I think Miz is miscast in this film. Uh, I think his performance was passable, though. I don't think his performance at any point was uncomfortably bad. No. I, you know, I think he could... It was I serviceable. He, I think, Yeah, I think he pulled off a part that really wasn't right for him. Yeah, it didn't showcase his natural charisma by any, by no. any stretch. It, it almost seems like you, you put a sweater on Lex Luger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. No, exactly. It it was not I don't feel it was the right part for him, but I thought he was good in it. Uh and and I, I did like him. I love watching the Miz on TV. I've been this is a guy that when he started, I just the first time I saw him, I was like, This guy's hysterical. Mm-hmm. I mean, you remember he used to come in, he used to have the, the funny hat and he had the yeah. had the shorts and everything. I mean he was a he was a crazy character. Uh let's talk about him. His uh his middle name is Gregory. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's He's Michael Gregory Mizanin, born October 8th, 1980, uh, dropped out of college to appear on Road Rules. Did you ever watch him on that or The Real World? Um, I I had a casual knowledge of who he was because um, my brother and sister were both big Real World fans. So I would always hear about this character, The Miz, that he sort of created. Yeah, yeah. So he was on the, he was on the Real World first. It was the tenth season in two thousand one, mm-hmm. and then he was eventually on the Real World Road, Road Rules Challenge, which was yeah more Whew. of a game show type and, um, thing. And so during the Real World, he he'd do the Miz thing. And if you saw WrestleMania from Atlanta a couple of years ago, they show a montage of oh, his that career. Was a great one where oh, he was at the command so center. Great. Yes. Yeah. I love that montage. And there's the scene where he goes. I'm the Miz, and the girl goes, "You're crazy," you know. The girl, the girl in the real world. Um, so this is 2001. Here's a guy who is on MTV. Most of those guys from the real world and from all those MTV shows do not go on to superstardom. But here's a guy who at least could have chosen that path and tried. Yeah, you know, like a lot of those other guys have done to try to become a soap opera actor mm-hmm. or whatever. This is a guy who came from MTV and won. Wanted to, to be, be a wrestler, a wrestler yes. which is very unusual. And the character of the Miz is really based on the Rock. He was really, you know, ribbing, you know, ripping off the the Rock style. Yeah, you know, with that, went over and wrestled in in a promotion called Ultimate Pro Wrestling in two thousand three. So this is about two years after mm-hmm. the Real World. And then in two thousand four, 
started on Tough Enough. Yes. This is the uh, fourth season of Tough Enough. Yeah. And it showcases that Tough Enough seemed to have a thing where you didn't want to win Tough Enough. Yeah. No, it's really <laughs> true. Because the winner that year was Daniel Pooter. Yes. Pewter. Yes. And all I know about him was he had a shoot fight thing <laughs> with, with Kurt, Kurt Angle. Angle yes. And he ended up looking like a goof. Yes. You know, and 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 then uh, I believe Bob Holly kicked him in the head or yes. something at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just know he was a hothead. I know he didn't didn't have a a real WWE career. However, the number two guy, the guy who mm-hmm. lost, you know, the 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 finals apparently, and I don't remember them, but mm-hmm. they were. It was a, a boxing match between him and the Miz, mm-hmm. and the crowd got to choose because neither guy was knocked out. Yeah. The crowd chose. You know Daniel to be the winner, and WWE still said, eh, "We kind of like that Miz yeah. guy a little bit better." So they sent him over to uh, to, to work in OVW and in Deep South, mm-hmm. and he's over there not that long. You know, I mean, by standards, I mean it, it was he was there till 2006. Yeah, but a lot of those guys are down there much longer. You know, down there in de- developmental, they bring him up. And they didn't even know what to do with him. They kept promoting that he was going to be on. And then he showed up and they, they barred him from the building as part of the storyline. And then eventually he got in and he was the host of yeah. SmackDown. And then he was the host of the Diva Search. And then he had his in-ring debut in September of 2006 against Tatanka. Tatanka was on a losing streak at this point. This was during Tatanka's comeback. And on commentary, you've got JBL and you've got Michael Cole. And Michael Cole is doing the whole, oh, the Miz is so great. The, the routine he yeah. then perfected later during the Miz's title run. And and JBL is just playing it straight and saying, I hate this guy. Yeah. I really hate this guy. And uh, Miz cheated to win. But he looked good. He looked good mm-hmm. in that. He had an early feud with the Boogeyman, which, which mm-hmm. at a pay-per-view, he had to take those worms in the mouth, which, yeah. you know, hey, that's paying your dues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, went over to ECW in 2007. Teamed with Morrison from 2007 to 2009. And they won three tag yeah. titles. Crazy. Yeah, they were a great tag team, too. And then in 2009, he started what's probably my favorite moments of his career, which was when he would come on Raw every night and challenge Cena to a match, <laughs> and he would wear a shirt that said, no Cena, you know, had yeah. the universal no Ghostbusters type symbol, and said Cena, and he'd be like, come on, Cena, come out here and fight me. And then he'd say, you won't? Okay, I'm 1-0, and <laughs> yes. you know, and and uh, he would just call Cena a coward, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and then finally Cena, you know, confronted him, and then he had a few main event matches against Cena. Cena always won, but it really elevated him just that he went from being, you know, a lower card guy who called out the champ until the champ finally had to respond. And yeah. I thought that was a really cool way to, you know, to bring him to, you know, the top level of the card. And then he won the uh, the U.S. title. And then in 2010, him and the Big Show won the, the tag team championships, which at the time was a total of four belts. You <laughs> had the SmackDown and the Raw titles because they had been unified but not unified to the penny belts yet. Yeah. So he had three titles. And I always thought every time he'd come down to the ring that if, if you were a uh, – if you were not a a big WWE fan, if you didn't, if you just walked into the room, you'd think that it has to be the greatest wrestler of all time. Yeah, because he has three belts. Yeah, it's like that shot of the Ultimo Dragon holding right. like eight belts. Yes, you'd say, well, Cena has one belt, <laughs> yeah. but this guy has three belts. Mm-hmm. That's 
clearly this guy is the greatest wrestler that has ever lived. Big Show's number two because he has two belts. Yeah, yeah. But I love that show, Miz. I thought that yeah. was a, a really fun. And he was great being the you know the kind of cowardly guy who had a giant to fight for him. Yeah, I mean, at, at, at what point would you not? Use the giant yeah. as your protector. Oh my god! You know, I mean, yeah. it's it's human nature to just be like, okay, now I have a pass yeah. to be even more of a jerk. It was totally Haku and and Andre the Giant mm. winning the tag titles. I I'll never forget when Andre pinned Demolition. The other Demolition came in, and that's the old uh, tag team thing: is you can't get the finish because you got to knock out both guys. Yeah. But Smash comes in, and he's pulling on Andre's <laughs> yeah. leg, and Andre's just looking at him yeah. like, "How are you going to pull me off of this guy? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You can't do it." And so that's why I thought that was great. They did eventually. They they lost the titles, uh, and it was the whole run up to it was the Miz was mouthing off at Teddy Long, and Teddy Long was doing the whole Breakfast Club thing where he's like, "Do you want another?" He's like, "Fine, I'll take another match." And they, they had to run like they had to you know do like a gauntlet match, you know. But anyway, it, it led to some fun stuff. He had sort of a feud with Bret Hart, and he actually gave Bret Hart his uh, his most most recent title. Yeah. I would uh, I would hope it's Brett's last title was winning the U.S. title from The Miz in a match that was really as much smoke and mirrors as mm-hmm. possible, and still everyone could see the trick being done. Yeah, uh, he became Daniel Bryan's mentor on NXT. There were some great moments on that in 2010. Mm-hmm. I think that was a whole lot of fun, and I think they I think they played off of each other so yes. well. It was you know it was a, it really memorable from that, and then. He won the the Money in the Bank in July 2010, held that until uh, November 22nd, 2010, won the, won the title from Randy Orton, which was a really fun moment. And it's a really good Money in the Bank cash-in because he, he, Randy Orton wasn't knocked out, you know, hadn't been, you know, uh, beaten t- severely. He had wrestled yeah. a match, but it was really, you know, him coming in, Randy Orton gets to his feet, and they wrestled yeah, for a yeah. few minutes, which was really, really cool. And he won the title, uh, held it at WrestleMania. He retained, yeah. With assistance from The Rock, and the worst concussion I think I've ever seen somebody finish a match with. The Miz... He's sitting up on the, you know, on the, the like, ring, what do they call that, like, the divider? Divider, yeah, yeah, the... Like, that keeps the crowd from being, yeah. from sitting, you know, in front in the front row, from sitting actually at ringside. And he's sitting up there, I don't know who was thinking this was a good idea. He gets clotheslined off of it, he doesn't tuck his chin, I mean, it, mm. all, all around it was a bad idea, and just smacks his head so hard. I mean, it, oh, it's, it's tough to even watch. Uh, lost the title to Cena at Extreme Rules, and then had this fall from grace yeah. of epic proportions. Lost to Alex Riley at yeah. a pay per view, uh-huh. clean. Yeah, yeah. Then it's very strange. Disappeared to shoot this movie. Yeah. Came back with the hairdo from this movie and the look from this movie, yeah. and has kind of been floating in the middle there since then. It certainly is not at the same horrible level he was at when he left where he was jobbing to yeah. you know everybody Brodus Clay beat him clean you know <laughs> yeah. was, the, the thing the biggest problem right now is he's a face right and I think certain guys are, are built for one or the other it's it's the exceptional guys that can, that do, can both. do both All right, yeah, I um, see that. but I you know I mean his face gimmick it, it works but I just think that he's he excels at being a heel I think I think it's sort of like right. edge 
I think also he should be more of a heelish face. Yes. I think that there's, you know, there's been a couple moments in his heel persona that I like. I loved when he went at Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. When Brock came down and he was like, well, screw this. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. fight him. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a deluded heel that thinks I can beat him. Yeah. And I like that. Mm-hmm. I really, I remember years ago watching uh, the roadie, which was, you know, later Road Dog, uh, get in the ring after Jeff Jarrett was pinned and try to fight Diesel. <laughs> yes. And I just remember thinking, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You're an athlete. You should think, hey, I can yeah. beat this guy, yeah, yeah. you know? I think that he's had a few moments like that and a lot of moments like Monday night, which where he, you know, was in the ring with Jericho and with uh, Wade, Barrett. Uh, Wade Barrett for their, you know, three way movie promotion <laughs> nonsense fest that even King and Cole couldn't put up with for more than three minutes. Uh, Miz did win the IC title on July twenty third on Raw two thousand on Raw one thousand mm-hmm. two thousand, uh, but uh, he run won the IC title had a, a nice little run was with that it. July you said. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I have it written down here. July twenty third okay. was Raw one thousand, right. and he he uh, beat Christian, won the title, and then eventually lost it uh, when Kofi Kingston kicked him in the head. Yeah, kicked him in the head so bad he got stitches and still has like a scar from it. Yeah, yeah, and it almost seems like now. Um, he had a, 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 a couple-week program with Cesaro right. for the U.S. belt, but it almost looks like that's where they're leading for WrestleMania. Yeah. Well, uh, he's had an interesting career. I think he's probably maybe two-thirds of the way through it at worst, so he's got plenty of time to, to get to the top again or do something else. Maybe he'll do another movie. Uh, do you see another film in his future? I, sure, I think so. I, I think, you know, given the right material, um, he, he could definitely excel. And I hope this really is the success that they're pitching that it is. So this brings us to the all-important question, Craig. Mm -hmm. Do you tap out to the Marine 3 home front? All right. I got to say that it was an extremely easy movie to watch. There was only a a handful of moments where I felt like it was really, really dragging. At no point was it hard to watch. The action was good. It was a competently made movie. But I don't think I could recommend it. I got to tap. All right. I I had to think about this a lot. Throughout the movie, things would come up, and I'd say, do I tap out to this? Um, I enjoyed a lot of it. I liked that The Miz was in it. I think if it didn't have a wrestler in it, I think I would tap out, no question. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a low-budget, cheap film, but and it's a slow one, as I said, mm-hmm. but they're smart. They get out there at 82 minutes, mm-hmm. they're rolling credits for you so you can go home. Well, you're probably already home because it's straight to DVD, but still, I like that about it. I like the explosions. I like the fights. I recommend it to you only if you're looking to see a wrestling movie. Uh, this is not so bad that you can watch it and be like, oh, my God, this is, you know, uh, no-holds-barred level yeah. goofiness. It's uh, competent. Yeah. It's competent, and so I reluctantly don't tap. Ooh. I almost tap, but I don't. So, I mean, it's I, I can't give this a high recommend, but I'm, I'm glad I bought it because I will watch it again at some point in time. I'll probably watch it again within the next couple weeks, mm-hmm. and I'll check out all the bonus materials, and then it'll probably be one that I pop out every five years and yeah. say, yeah, let me watch that movie The Miz did, <laughs> you know, and, and, and check it out. I definitely like it better than The Marine 2, and it's light years below The Marine. I thought mm-hmm. The Marine was much, oh, much yeah. better than yeah. that. So this was almost the tap where you're about to tap and the time limit expires. <laughs> I'll take that. I like that. 
<laughs> so that is it. That brings us to the end of our review of, of the most current WWE film we've been able to review, which is nice. It's yeah, nice yeah. to review one not long after it, it comes out when it's still fresh in everybody's mind. So we don't have to go through and say, what was the state of wrestling yeah. when this came out? Thanks, Greg. It was nice, uh, nice watching this. Yeah, it's always fun to do these, uh, do these together like this. And thank you to you for listening, and we will see you next time right here on Camel Clutch Cinema. Okay, we're doing the auditions for the Marine here. You're going to have to stand on the spot there. Okay. Are you comfortable? Are you ready? Can you read the papers? Yes. Okay. Okay, I'm going to say the first line, and then you say your line after it. Okay. We've got your sister. I'm Detective John Triton. What are you going to do about us having your sister? I'm going to take her back. You give me my sister back. No way. We're keeping your sister. I don't think so. Gunfire, gunfire, gunfire. Punch. Very good. That was very good. (laughs) Thank you. Well, we'll let you know what Vince McMahon thinks of it. (laughs) 